everybody, my name is Michael and welcome back to Last to First. Welcome back to the podcast and let's get into the Qatar Grand Prix today. So first things first, uh, I think we got to start with Max Verstappen being crowned three times world champion. I mean, what more is there to say? He's had a very dominant season, has performed uh, incredibly well to say the least. He's on a different level right now. likely going to happen for the next couple of years, but hopefully there will be somebody to challenge him next year or the year after. Um, but for now, he should enjoy the achievements that he has, um, that he has uh, come to this year. It's a really, really impressive achievement and not something that we're going to see too often or maybe for a very long time. But definitely super impressive, and I don't think he's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, It really looks like he wants to continue to win every race this season and maybe restart that streak uh, that he lost in Singapore. Uh, Not sure if I'm prepared for that, but it's a really real possibility. Either way, congrats to him. Incredible achievement. Uh, Super, super awesome for him. Okay, so let's go into my predictions versus the outcomes. Um, Interesting. I think I was overall correct, but generally it didn't play out exactly how I was anticipating. Sometimes I think I know a lot about Formula One and then things happen and I'm just like, wow, I guess I really don't know as much as I think sometimes. But taking a look at Friday's qualifying, I was uh, predicting that it would be Norris, Verstappen, and Piastri. And we wound up with Verstappen, Russell, and Hamilton, which was very shocking to me. Um, Verstappen, not too surprising. Um, But of course, the two McLarens, uh, they certainly had the pace to potentially get pole, if not start second and third, like I had thought um, that they would be in the top three. However, they got their qualifying laps deleted, and that uh, caused them to start, I believe, 6th and 10th for the race. Um, so that really set them on the back foot, but they certainly had the pace uh, in, quality, in quality as well as in the race. Now for the Saturday sprint quality, I was predicting once again uh, Verstappen, Norris, Piastri, just in a slightly different order. Um, and what it ended up being was uh, pretty surprising. Piastri, Norris, Verstappen, uh, super impressive from Piastri. Um, I believe Verstappen, he had some type of, oh yeah, he had an error um, on his final lap in qualifying um, that prevented him from setting another one, and the McLarens pounced on it, didn't get anything uh, deleted at the very end, so they were able to start 1-2 in the uh, sprint race, which was really awesome. Uh, Piastri showing once again the incredible talent that he is, um, out-qualifying Norris and really giving him a run for his money. Now for the sprint race, I was anticipating Verstappen, Piastri, and Norris and Piastri actually ended up winning with Verstappen second and Norris uh, following up with third on the podium. So super incredible race from Piastri, really well managed. He held his composure the entire time, even when Russell came absolutely storming on the softs. He held his own, uh, Piastri did, and as soon as the soft started falling away, he pounced on the opportunity and uh, got back into first and led the way home. So super awesome for him to be a race winner. I know it's not a Grand Prix win, but it's still a super impressive achievement, and Norris must really be... uh, 
feeling some type of way that uh, once again his teammate uh who has come into the team after him uh has picked up another win like daniel ricardo did um but it is a sprint grand prix or a sprint win this time so i'm sure it would be a little different if it was um for the race win uh for a proper grand prix win but yeah still super impressive from the both of them mclaren is on another level right now obviously other than red bull but yeah, they, I mean, they're definitely going to nick fourth uh, in the championship from Aston. Aston is really nowhere. They performed better than I thought they would this weekend, but uh, it's uh, almost a foregone conclusion, I would say, that McLaren's going to make a massive, massive turnaround. Super impressive. Now, for the race itself, um, I was nearly correct. I had Verstappen, Norris, and Piastri, and it ended up being Verstappen, Piastri, Norris. Um, so, you know, I really anticipated Piastri to struggle a bit with the tires, um, as well as Norris just having better overall race craft and better race pace. Um, but I guess with the maximum stint length, uh, the tires never really fell off. So Piastri was able to push the whole time. He started in a better grid position, so that certainly helped. But, uh, yeah, he maintained very close distance, uh, within a few seconds to Verstappen for the majority of the race. And, um, managed to control Lando Norris behind as well. So super impressive uh, from Piastri, a great weekend uh, for the McLaren team. Taking a look at my masterclass of the weekend, I had uh, for my prediction was McLaren, and I would say that was very accurate. Um, I think other than the quality laps being deleted, they really had flawless execution. Um, They had two double podiums and the fastest ever pit stop. So what more can you say? A truly great weekend for them. Um, They fully deserved uh, both of those podiums. So definitely a great job for them. For the disaster class of the weekend, I had Aston as my prediction. And yeah, I was very surprised by their pace. I thought they were really going to struggle with the high-speed nature of the circuit, Um, but the Aston Martin in the hands of Alonso, at least, um, had decent enough pace to um, nick sixth and score some okay points. Um, McLaren still, like I said, uh, I think are going to get fourth in the Constructors' Championship, Um, but Aston is doing what they can with a one-driver team. So, better pace than I thought. I would say that that was not a point for me um, with uh, Aston Martin being a disaster class of the weekend. Lastly, going into my bold prediction, I thought at least one Mercedes would get knocked out in Q2, and I wasn't entirely wrong, but I was uh, intending, when I made the prediction at first, I'd, I forgot that it was a sprint race, race, so I was intending for it to be traditional quality. So neither of them got knocked out, of course, in the traditional quality, but Hamilton get knocked out did, did get knocked out in the sprint qualifying, so maybe half a point there for myself. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised with their pace, um, better than I had anticipated. I thought there was a good chance that they would be behind the McLarens, uh, both in the quality and the race, um, but they were pretty close to them. Um, didn't make any mistakes. Uh, well, that at least for the Friday qualifying, they didn't get any of their laps deleted, at least the important ones. So they're able to start second and third for the race. Um, and then with Hamilton getting knocked out in SQ2, um, you know, that was more 
just not uh, not the best planning, not best use of tires there. Didn't get a good lap in, and he had a few laps deleted as well. Um, but regardless, I thought that Mercedes would struggle a little more, and they ended up doing decent enough, faster than the Ferraris, but maybe just behind the McLarens. Now, of course, we have to speak more on the Mercedes duo. First lap, first corner, I couldn't believe it. The Mercedes collide, take each other out. I was ready to throw my phone up in the air. It was so uh, crazy. I couldn't even believe it. Um, yeah, uh, that's just not what you do, um, especially when you're not even fighting for are realistically not even fighting for a race win. You're not fighting for the championship. Uh, that's just an unnecessary mistake there. That that shouldn't be happening. Uh, the battle for P2 is actually quite close, and uh, Mercedes is pretty lucky that A, George Russell had a great drive to fourth, and Carlos Sainz, uh, and Le Carlos Sainz didn't start the race, and then Leclerc didn't score a ton of points. Um, so the gap in, in p2 and the constructors is still pretty similar um so they're certainly very lucky but my goodness what a terrible uh judgment from hamilton there i would say that is 110 percent completely on hamilton um i don't think there was anything wrong or anything that russell could have done there hamilton just completely turned in too quick he knew both of them were on the inside i'm really not sure what he was thinking but uh that was a complete and utter misjudgment on his part that really was not acceptable and took him out of the race and prevented Russell from uh, potentially challenging for a race win and potentially challenging for at least the podium. Uh, so big mistake. Uh, Hamilton's lucky that Perez somehow didn't score any points in that Red Bull. Um, so Hamilton continues with a similar gap to P2 in the championship. So that fight is still on, but he could have made uh, a big dent in Perez's uh, lead there. But unfortunately, um, that did not happen. Next, I wanted to talk a bit about track limits with the weekend. Um, you know, I know everybody loves talking about track limits, um, but, you know, of course, it's a big talking point after they had to change the actual circuits because of the curbs that were a bit too big. Um, even without that change, track limits were still going to be a problem. I believe it was turn five was a big problem. And then of course, turn 13 as well, where they were constantly going over. Um, like with Austria, I personally don't have any problems with the track limits. I think like there's a line and a limit to the track for a reason. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with that. They can stay within it. Maybe they have to push maybe they have to drive just slightly under that limit so they don't make that mistake but that's completely fine with me there's limits track limits for a reason um and i think they should be followed and strictly adhered to i would prefer like a gravel trap or something that really deters them because i think there's more uh, danger in that not danger to the safety of the drivers but um that there's a lot more time that can be lost in that i think that's a lot more interesting something like a gravel trap uh like with the old school tracks that's something that i would like to see more of um but if it is just how it is um now with the white lines i think that's completely okay with me maybe there could have been some type of leniency with the new track um they only had 10 minutes to get used to it uh before going into quality so that was tough i definitely understand that but overall i don't really have any problems um with the track limits um but it does 
you know, generally make for some interesting um, storylines, uh, such as that I, something that I hit on before with the McLarens. Um, if they didn't get their lap times deleted, then they could have been challenging for a uh, pole and potentially challenging for the race win. So, you know, a small error lead to um, big consequences in the race, which I do like, um, like the gravel traps would do. Uh, also, getting a lap time deleted will certainly have an impact on that. Um, I find it interesting and uh, definitely creates some jeopardy in it. Continuing with the track limits, I thought it was rather synchronous uh, with Perez and Verstappen. Uh, Verstappen claiming his third title while Perez had three track limits penalties and not scoring a single point. I mean, what more can we say um, about that? Uh, just made so many mistakes. Verstappen didn't even get a single warning um, about going over uh, track limits and I think it really shows how Perez's season has been going and how it's probably going to continue to go um, but more on Perez and a couple other drivers a bit later and that later has come with Perez Sargent and Stroll all having not so good weekends I think it is time. I think it has been time. I think that the teams seriously need to take a look at them and seriously move on from all three of them. Um, obviously, Stroll, that's pretty difficult given the situation of uh, his father owning the team. However, when he's pushing team members, throwing steering wheels, I don't mind the steering wheel so much, but it just shows his overall uh, frustration level and uh, lack of happiness with what he's doing right now. Uh, his performances are nothing to be, they're, they're nothing. Uh, they're, he's not performing at a good enough level. And I really, really would like to see somebody else in that seat. Um, I think even a Drogovich or somebody like that would probably perform uh, better than what Stroll is doing. Um, will it happen? Maybe 2025 at the earliest, I think, um, if he goes into Wick with Aston Martin. But uh, I want to get my hopes up too much. With Sargent, um, I mean, once again, he had another mistake. Um, I forget if it was in qualifying or the race, but just really unacceptable. He just can't put together a race weekend. Uh, he doesn't have the pace. He's given so many, so many, so many chances. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a driver been given more excuses and more chances. Um, the team really wants to keep him badly for some reason, but I don't think he merits a race seat by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think enough is enough with him. Just too many excuses, and it's really time to move on uh, from Sargent. With Perez, um, I think it's time for him to go as well in 2024. I could have said that after Miami, to be honest with you, um, and it's been only downhill from there for Perez. But once again, just another horrible weekend. Um, crashed out in the sprint race. Granted, it wasn't entirely his fault, um, but his pace was nowhere. He was, what, 1.1 seconds off Verstappen in quali. Um, three track limits penalties um, in, the, in the actual race. Didn't score a single point while his teammate went on to win his third championship. Um, just completely off the pace. I think, like with Sargent, enough is enough. He's just not performing at a high enough level. I think uh, you pick out any 
Driver, Elbon, uh, Lawson, maybe Sonoda, Daniel Ricardo. I think they all perform at least slightly better uh, than what Perez is doing because he is just absolutely tanking the season. Will anything change for 2024? Maybe mid-2024, um, but it doesn't seem like they want to change him out for 2024 or at all. But, you know, especially if this keeps on going, I don't know what other choice Red Bull will have than to get somebody else to at least trial somebody else in that seat. A few final thoughts um, about the race itself. Um, some people seem to be either thinking it was a really great race or a not so good race. I think in the moment, it seemed like a pretty interesting race. I was enjoying watching it, aside from uh, Hamilton absolutely taking him and his teammate out. But... I thought it was interesting. Um, the mandatory pit stop is is something, uh, or at least the maximum stint length is something at least. Um, I think after all the race results weren't that that unexpected. Um, I think the weekend in general threw up some craziness with different people starting out of position and stuff. But I think after everything settled down, after all of the pit stops, um, it pretty much resulted in what you would expect so i think it all of the pit stops and trying to track it made it seem a little more interesting than it really was but at its core it was a pretty typical um race but i think it still would have been much better if it would have been a traditional one stop i think that would have made for a pretty boring race speaking of the mandatory pit stops or i should say the maximum stint length uh, a lot of people are calling for that to potentially be a permanent fixture However, I definitely don't think there should be a maximum stint length. Um, I would be very interested to see uh, two mandatory pit stops instead of one, uh, or maybe using all three tire compounds. Um, but having the stint lengths, the maximum stint lengths, I think it makes it a little too predictable, and it prevents um, more of like tire offsets and just gets rid of some of the jeopardy. Um, the one thing I did like about it was that they could really push hard the entire stint and the tires were able to hold up, but that was mostly just the mediums and the hards were okay, I guess. Um, they didn't seem too quick, but the softs, they certainly couldn't handle it. But I think having two mandatory pit stops would make for a lot more interesting strategy um, and wouldn't be feeling as forced as the maximum stint length and it wouldn't be as predictable i think so it was definitely a fun accidental experiment uh all done for safety with the tires falling apart but uh, i think it was fun to watch and uh, we can certainly take away um, some points from it as well last thing i'll hit on is the conditions of the race um, of course, a lot of controversy with that, given the heat uh, exhaustion of a lot of the drivers, some drivers uh, reportedly passing out, vomiting in their helmets, um, and not overall doing so well. Um, I definitely am not thinking something necessarily needs to 100% be done, but it certainly did seem like it was near the limit. Um, if people are having a hard time not passing out in the car, that's certainly dangerous and probably not something that should be happening. However, I do think that they are professional athletes and that they do need to have challenging scenarios. It's not too often in a Formula One car these days that drivers are genuinely exhausted after a race. So I do think that is interesting, but we certainly should consider the health and safety if they're borderline passing out um, while they're driving a car at 200 miles an hour. 
However, there are cases like Logan Sargent, who says he just doesn't drink water during a race. Of course, during a two-hour race, when it's that hot, you're that sweating, you know, that's not a very smart idea. So I think drinking more water during the race could certainly have helped him. But uh, something to consider for the future. I'm not sure what the FIA, FIA will do, if anything. Um, but first and foremost, it's good that everybody was okay. We don't want the drivers to be hurt by any stretch of the imagination. But we'll see what happens in the future with that. Uh, I think the race is going to take place um, a couple months later next year. So I think that should uh, remove some of those problems. Uh, not something that happens every weekend, that's for sure. All right, well, thank you for tuning in to the Last of First podcast again, reviewing the Qatar Grand Prix. Uh, definitely an interesting race. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Keep on the lookout for uh, my upcoming podcast for the United States Grand Prix, and I'll see you guys in the next one.